Last week, we started speaking about uh, the beginning of the Bein Mitzarim, or what's called the three weeks. We spoke about the first period. And now we're going to speak about the second period. In other words, um, for Ashkenazim, the second period starts on Rosh Chodesh Av. And, and goes on till, till Tisha B'Av, till, till the day after Tisha B'Av, actually, as, as we'll point out. Okay, for Sfaradim, the second period really starts on Shavuot Shachal Bo Tisha B'Av, specifically uh, the week that Tisha B'Av falls, uh, falls out on, which is a little bit confusing this year because Tisha B'Av falls out on a Shabbat, and it's Nidchet was Sunday this year, um, but we'll talk about that as, as separately. Okay, so the first halacha that pertains from, from Rosh Chodesh on is a restriction to masav matan. Okay, this, for some Jews this is the most painful restriction. In other words, a restriction in business. And, and there are achronim that say that this restriction actually starts from Yudzayin Tammuz, and others say it starts from, from Rosh Chodesh. But the truth is, by masav matan specifically, most achronim, it's more acceptable today, and this is how Moshe Feinstein Paskins or, or Chaim Part 3, um, that, that did, and the Mishaburu also says this, this is not nohug today. In other words, Jews don't restrict their business at all. Maybe on, on, on Tisha B'Av, but not... Uh, but, one, but part of this halacha that does, uh, is nohug even today, is to refrain from binyan shal simcha. Now, what is the definition of binyan shal simcha? Okay, and again, this only starts from Rosh Chodesh for Ashkenazim. Binyan Shul Simcha is luxury building. You know, there's, there's, there's building for, for functional living, basic, you know, basic needs, and then there's luxury, which is beyond that, beyond the basic needs. So, as an example, Moshe Feinstein Zatzal gives an example, to wallpaper your home uh, is a luxury need. And if the old, old wallpaper looks, looks ugly and you want to redo it, so too bad you wait until afterwards because it's considered a luxury. Um, I remember once someone asked Rav about painting his apartment during this time, and he also said that that's considered a luxury because, again, in other words, paint is, is, is aesthetics and it's only aesthetics. If, however, this luxury building um, had a certain hefzid mamon involved to it, in other words, let's say you by accident signed a contract with a contractor, not realizing that the Hebrew date falls out on during the nine days. And he says, listen, if you want to cancel, I had all the preparations, it's going to cost you. Okay, so if there's a hefzeh mamon involved, or if there's a sakana involved, let's say, I don't know, you have a little kid that's going to eat the paint chips or something like that. Um, you know, sometimes you have a structure that, that looks like it's ready to collapse, you, you know, something like that. So then even if... Uh, the binyan is a, is a binyan shal simcha, but it's a sakana, you're allowed to. And furthermore, if, if, it's, if it's a binyan shal, shal mitzvah, you're also allowed to. As an example, the building of a shul, um, you're allowed to do uh, during, during this period. But other binyan shal simcha, uh, you should refrain from. And the Echonim also point to another facet of the same halacha, and that is netiashal simcha. In other words, planting things that have to do with simcha or luxury, aesthetics. In the good old days, you know, you didn't have that many gardens. The average person didn't have that many garden. you know. I am now, now we all have gardens. Gardening is considered netiyah shul simcha. So it would have to be a netiyah. I don't think that there's a big issue to mow your lawn, as far as I know. 
but to, to plant shrubbery, to plant flowers, to do a nitiyah, that you shouldn't do during the nine days. Yes? Uh, do you reckon, firstly, the point we said about uh, being self that turning your own house, not if it's your employment or anything, as in turning within your own possessions, so you can't... You're on possession, absolutely, you're on possession, but it wouldn't be limited to your house, and there was this, you have an office and you want to paint the office, so you should schedule it, it shouldn't be during the nine days. And the point you said that about muscle and muscle is that, it was, uh, one sec, their idea of reducing... So again, practically, to, practically today... No one is really masked. Not even for the nine. Not, not even for the nine days. Okay? Okay. Yes? Yeah, no, this is all that same category. Masamatan and Binyashul Simcha, but specifically the business people are not knowing to, to be masked on. Okay. Um, the next category during the nine days that we're going to focus on is Kvisa Laundry. And here I want to clarify that when it comes to the laundry, there are two uh, separate prohibitions. One is the act of laundering, and the other is the act of wearing freshly laundered clothes. Okay, so first if we focus first on the act itself, the act itself is, is prohibited during the nine days, even if you don't plan on wearing it during the nine days. In other words, to do laundry, to fold and put away for after nine days, and you can't do laundry. Okay? Even something like a um, tablecloth or, or bed sheets or, or pillowcases, you cannot launder during the nine days. Okay? Um, I'll get to that term a little bit later. Furthermore, under the same category, it is also to create new clothes during the nine days. You can't sew new clothes during the nine days. You can't crochet kipot. Does anybody here crochet kipot? Nobody? There you go. There's always one guy every year. No, 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 no. Okay, you could deny it, it's all right. Yeah? What about like sewing a button back on? Yes. So sewing a button back on or sewing a hole is not a problem. We're talking specifically new clothes. Um, yeah. Yes? Is making new clothes that because you can't do the chef again? Or is there a different thing for that? No. Interesting. It's not. It's not. There's not mentioned Sachiano. I believe it's you. Shalmi mentions about how it really uh, originates from putting the loom aside during the nine days. You know, you just don't create new clothes. It's not because of Shachiano. Okay. Now the second part of the Gezeira is is the act of wearing. And here, even if you did laundry, even if you did laundry before the nine days, and you had it, you know, from a week ago, from a month ago, and it's freshly laundered. You can't wear those clothes during the nine days, okay? And therefore, you, you can't wear freshly laundered clothes during nine days. You can't put on new clothes. You can't open up a new shirt. Non-laundered and old clothes. I'm, gonna, I'm going to go into it right now. Now, according to the Orach HaShulchan, according to Rabbi Yashiv Zatzal, um, underwear, and I know there are other posts, not just them, underwear excluded from this uh, prohibition, because underwear is specifically uh, worn to absorb sweat and smell, etc. They're not for aesthetic purposes. Uh, same thing. Underwear includes socks and undershirts. Undergarments. Good, good, good word. Okay? All undergarments, according to those achronim, uh, is mutter, and, and you could be makil. Uh, and therefore, so what is a person, what clothes can you wear? What are you supposed to do? And the answer is, and the answer is, 
one should one should put on clothes beforehand uh, for a certain amount of time so that it's no longer freshly laundered and put them aside and, and prepare himself a shelf or a drawer for a supply of pants and shirts that he wants to wear during uh, during the nine days. Okay? Inevitably, somebody asks me, how long do you have to wear it, right? You were wondering about that? How long should you have to wear it? And inevitably, I answer 13 and a half minutes. Because it just sounds like a nice, not round number, 13 and a half minutes. But I have seen other achronim. About a year ago, about a year or two ago, I did see some achronim to say it should be over an hour. But I think, you know, I think, I don't think anybody has a specific makor. I think it's more if you would relate to it as no longer fresh. So it could even be, you know, subjective. Now, every year, for many, many years, there was some person that says, well, could you put it on the floor and trample it? And I would ridicule that person and embarrass him and say, like, that's the silliest idea I've ever heard until someone actually showed me in an Akron that says such a thing, that you could actually put it on the floor and trample it in order to wear it. I, myself, I tend not to go in that direction. I, it's hard for me to, you know, dirty, whatever. There is an Akron that says that, I guess, B'Shaz Atchak, you, you could be so much on these, these type of things. We're not talking about Yisrim Diraita. You know, uh, I could see a person being made of B'Shaz Atchak, but initially, you know, it's not, not as, as common, the trampling method. Um, another trick you could try doing is if you have a, a roommate or a friend who's a Sephardi, okay, and it hasn't reached Shua Shechalbo yet. And according to some achronim for Sephardim this year, it never happens with Shua Shechalbo. In other words, you could always give it to him to wear for 13 and a half minutes. Or maybe if it's somebody else wearing it, maybe you could, you know, go down to five minutes or something like that. But um, that would also work. That would also work. If a person didn't forget, didn't remember to get, give himself a supply, um, on Shabbat, it would be mutter to wear b'diavad, mutter to wear freshly laundered clothes, but um, it has to be not brand new clothes. Morgan Avram says on Shabbat, you shouldn't be putting on brand new clothes in any case, even though it's Shabbat. And also, you shouldn't be putting on clothes that you normally wouldn't put on on Shabbat. Like if you're one of those people that, you know, specific types of shirts you wear on Shabbat, and you wouldn't wear other shirts on Shabbat, so you can't wear those shirts on Shabbat, because then what you're doing is an act of hachana, of preparation for Shabbat l'chol. So you could ask me, well, the truth of the matter is, even if you're wearing a, putting on a white shirt, if you're doing it to have a supply for the week, you're also doing hachana. And the answer is yes, but when it comes to hachana, you're allowed to do, um, you know, a, a trick so to speak, when it comes to hachanah. In other words, as long as you get some benefit on Shabbat, uh, it's okay that you get residual benefit after, afterwards on the week. So then you forget, you can put on clothes, but it's only because you normally would wear on Shabbat. Yes? You lost me. I don't understand your question. 
You could put on shirts on Shabbat of the type that you would wear on Shabbat. And and in the afternoon, even though normally you wouldn't necessarily change your shirt on Shabbat, you could change three, four times if you want. And then you can wear those shirts again. And then, then now they're no longer freshly laundered, so that on Sunday, Monday, whatever, the rest of the week, you could use them for the week. That's that's the idea. Okay, now the Hatarim to this particular issue of kibbutz, a couple of Hatarim. Number one, it's mutter to give a non-Jew laundry to be done before the nine days, okay? Um, even though you know, even, uh, even though you know that there's a high chance that he's going to wash them on nine days, as long as he had time to wash them before the nine days. You understand the news, you give it to him an hour before, and you, even though it'll be ready only a week later, in the middle of the nine days, that you're allowed to do, but you're not allowed to do kibbutz akum. In other words, if you have a maid or whatever, you can't, you're not supposed to be giving them clothes to wash during the nine days. No. Because you're restricted anyway to wear freshly laundered clothes. It doesn't make a difference if it's, you know, a Jewish laundry or a Chinese laundry. It doesn't make a difference. It's laundered. Yeah? Would it be enough to just ask them to, like, press the button on the machine, or do, would they have to do more than that? I mean, you hand them the clothes. You hand them the clothes, please wash these, and, and they have enough time to, to, to no, start performing. What if I have a uh, laundry, you know, a laundry, uh, the washing machine in the dryer in my room, in, in my house? And I invite, and, you know, uh, No, you can't ask Andrew to press the button for during the nine days. No, before the nine days. Yeah, of course you can do it. And that, that would be enough. Then you could That'd take be. out the clothes and, like, yeah. fold them. Yeah, yeah, but you can't wear them. Okay? Now, um, what happens if you only, wear, only own one pair of clothes? Or you only have access to one pair of clothes? And you fall in the mud. And you, get nothing to change, you have nothing to change into. You know, and you have to wash these clothes. So in that situation, it's mutter to wash them, okay? But that also is only before Shabbat Chazon, meaning Shabbat that falls out on, 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 on the nine days, Shua Shechalbo, and not on Shua Shechalbo. In other words, not the week that's called Shua Shechalbo. You're not allowed to wear that afterwards. Um, another heter is young children's clothing. Chazal, when they made this takana, this gezerah, they weren't machal, they basically did not uh, prohibit young children's clothing. Young children that are constantly soiling themselves one way or the other, and, and you constantly need to wash the clothes, clothing, so you're allowed to. Um, one should not wash them in a place that people could see them washing their clothes, because people might not understand. So, issue of, of, of Mar Ayn. Shoes, Ramosha's Feinstein says there's no pro- no din of kibbutz when you polish and clean your shoes, and, and there's no problem, you know, you could uh, polish your shoes, l'chavot Shabbos, it's not an issue. And lastly, there is also a heter of hefzid mama. If you have, you get a stain on your clothing that if you don't wash off, you know, within a period of time, a few hours or whatever it is, the stain could, st- there's a good chance that it would set, and you never get it out, so then you're allowed to wash it, um, the whole the whole garment, not just that that spot. And you're also allowed to do is if you have a spot on, on clothing that that wouldn't set, and it's not an issue of of hefsed mamon, you're allowed to spot clean. Okay, you're allowed to spot clean. You know, it's just to wash that area, not to wash the entire garment in water, just to wet and clean 
that particular area which has a spot that you also mutter, is mutter to, to do. Okay, the next, yes. If you have nothing to wear, if you have mom and nothing to wear, and it's like impossible for you to, to let's say, wear your underwear any longer, then you can wash one pair of underwears. You have it, you know. Do you have enough for the end of the nine days? Okay, the next, uh, the next din of the nine days is to refrain from basar v'yayin, meat and wine. And here the reason uh, is twofold. Uh, number one, because it's a, it's a zikon to the, to the, to the korbanot. In other words, by refraining from um, basar, which is, you know, a korbanot and yayin is nisuch uh, and And also because basar v'yayin gives simcha. And it's interesting because here you have a little bit of departure because you don't have this din in Avelut of Basavayin. Okay, during Shiva there's no din of uh, refraining from Basavayin, but it's, this is specific Why because of the din of the Khurban. Because I guess it's not that level, it's not just a level of Simcha. In any case, um, the minog is not just to refrain from eating basar itself, but even not to eat something bisari, something what you call fleshek or meaty. Even though it doesn't have mamish pieces of meat, but it's fleshek, um, if it didn't have pieces of meat, meik or din, it would be mutter to eat, but the minog is to be machmir, not to eat fleshek. Um, however, one could use utensils and pots that are fleshek, that wouldn't, wouldn't be a problem. There's also a minog not only to refrain from wine, but even to refrain from drinking grape juice. Even though there's no alcoholic content, uh, the minog is to re- refrain from uh, grape juice. The Shulchanach says, Kibla avotenu minog yisr on grape juice as well, which is interesting. In other words, there's no aspect of simcha, but nisuch would be mutter with grape juice. It wouldn't be muvushal. You know, grape juice uh, it would be mutter. In any case... Pardon me? I'm going to get that. So what are the heterim? What are the heterim when it comes to Basav Number one, you know, one of the more famous heterim people know about is a Suras Mitzvah. You're allowed to drink wine and eat meat during a Surat Mitzvah. A Surat Mitzvah is either a Brit Mila or a Pidyon Aben or if a person makes a Siyum. Okay, what kind of a Siyum? So Ramosha Feinstein says that obviously a Siyum is Sechet Gemara uh, but also uh, finishing up a seder, one seder of Mishnayot, or even finishing a sefer of Tanakh Be'iyun, meaning actually you didn't just read it through, but you analyzed it carefully as you went, finishing a sefer of Tanakh would also be considered a siyum, and, and, and therefore uh, people joining you would be part of that surat mitzvah of the siyum. One should not speed up his learning or retard the rate of his re- learning in order that it should fall out specifically during the nine days. Can you start learning Yes, but you should you shouldn't speed up more than normal in order that it should land on, on nine days. Also, this heter of uh, suras mitzvah, um, I'm sorry, the heter of, of a siyum doesn't apply after Zion Av. That's how Moshe Feinstein passes. The minig is after Zayin Av. In other words, you have Zayin Chet as Erev Tisha already. 
during those two days, uh, you don't, you don't, you don't uh, make a siyum. Now, who, do you, who can you invite to the siyum? So here, there's a difference between Shavuot Shachalbo and the nine days. Okay, up until Shavuot Shachalbo, and it was up until the week that, that uh, Tisha B'Av actually falls, falls out on, the level of, of Chumras is, low, is lighter, and therefore you can invite um, relatives, you can invite friends, if you have any, right? Um, but friends that you normally would invite to such a thing. And that's the halacha. To Shur Shachal Botishabav, which is a little more chamor, you can invite relatives and ten friends. And you're limited to ten friends. Which is a very interesting thing because there are a lot of like camps that always have someone to make a seum so they could like serve some fleshic meals. Anybody ever partake in such a meal? Okay. From this halacha, it would preclude that type of behavior because I don't think that a camp, you know, if you would, on a random day, that wasn't the nine days, come up to the director of the camp and say, hey, you know, I'm just finishing Kedushin, and, I, you know, I, wanna, like, I want you to, to cater an entire meal for the entire camp for my Kedushin, he would say, jump in the lake. In other words, you wouldn't be inviting the entire camp necessarily to your, to, to your CM. So it's a little bit questionable. I remember when I was young, there were even restaurants in, the, in our area, Fleshik restaurants that used to advertise a seum every night. So you have perfect strangers, you know, um, and, and it would seem that that's not, that's not according to Ikra Din. Ikra Din, it shouldn't be, you know, it shouldn't be perfect strangers. It should be uh, as we just described. Yes? Uh, you have a see, you have like a five dotum left, and you realize, oh, it's nine days. I, I, I put that to say for a side. Could, could you pick it up and learn it? You're saying. I think so. I think so. The idea is not to, you know, not to orchestrate it specifically for the nine days. But if, you, if it's an innocent, you know, falls out, then I think it's okay. Yes. That would be. You know, that would be okay if you learn at a normal pace. You're just not supposed to speed up or slow down. Yes. It, it, it's right from the Gemara, but it, I, I could try. I don't remember the you know the specific Quran that say you know. But yeah, I mean what what I got definitely is mentioned in Mishabur. I just don't know which acronym he's calling. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Now, next header is Shabbat. And it was on Shabbat, a person is allowed to eat, the Gemara says, you know, Malal Shuchano Keshlomo Amel, Kasuda Shlomo Bismano, that you could eat any delicacy, any meat, any wine, anything you want during Shabbat, not only on Shabbat, but even Tosefet Shabbat. In other words, if you bring Shabbat in early, or if you decide you want to bring Shabbat out later, that's also considered Shabbat, and you, there's no restriction in you eating and drinking during that time. Now, a halachic challenge, perhaps, is Havdalah. Because Havdalah is after Shabbat. So, the Shulchanach Paskins, that it's mutter to drink wine, period. For Havdalah, it's mutter to drink wine. In other words, I guess, it's an adjunct close enough to Shabbat, or, or maybe when, when Chazal, you know, set this down, they, didn't, they weren't referring to, to, to Havdalah. 
Um, so Havdalah, according to the Shulchan Aruch's mutter, the Ramah says that the Ashkenazic minig is different, and the minig is to give the the, to the wine, make a bear pregafen, but but give the wine to a child who um, is old enough to understand the value of a bracha, meaning that you don't drink without a bracha, but not old enough to appreciate litabel al yushlaim, the Ramah. Not enough to appreciate to mourn the mourn the loss of the Beis Hamikdash. If, however, the Ramah says if there's no such child available, then it's mutter for the adult to drink the wine. That's what the Ramah says. So when it's lechatchila, you look for a child, but if you don't have a child, you could drink the wine. Uh, the Aruch Hashulchan comes up with a different solution, and he says just drink Chamar Medina. Because if you remember, we learned the halachot about Havdalah, Kiddush and Havdalah. So we said that Havdalah. Lichatchila, a person could choose to use Chamer Medina if he, if it's Chavivalov. Because if you, if you enjoy beer more than wine, or even whiskey more than wine, as long as you drink a shear, so you could use that for Havdalah, and he says that's the, that's the best solution. The Orach HaShulchan. Rav Arndachim Sinzatzal felt it was good to use, um, um, grape juice during that time, because Meikar Din, it really is supposed to be refraining, refraining just from wine. You know the mint of kibble of to to expand it, so he felt that that grape juice was fine. Um, yeah. Yes. What about juices? So that's a machlokat achronim. Whether you could use juice, whether it has to be something alcoholic to be considered chamer medina. Or just as to be a mashka chashuv, more important than water, and then anything else would go. Or a third sheet we saw that it has to be something that someone drinks for, to be social. And someone says, oh, let's have an orange juice. And you say, no, I'm not, you, the answer, I'm not thirsty. Because orange juice is not yet considered a social drink. So according to two out of the three shito that I brought, one should not use fruit juices. I guess, you know, if you have nothing else to be stomach on. Let's have a Coke and you drink it socially. No. I'm not sure. No, no, it's not that it's not quite sure it's service party. So if a person says, let's have a Coke, you know, people say, let's have a coffee, let's have a tea. In other words, it's, you're drinking it socially, not because you're thirsty. You know, maybe, maybe it's developed to a majority of Coke, I'm not sure. Uh, what, what about if you decide to push off on dollars like, you know, Monday or something? Because you know, you feel like, to eat more meat, you're saying? No, you know, you're, you're obligated um, before you go to sleep to make havdalah. In the other situation, you would make havdalah in the morning, but you're obligated before you go to sleep to make havdalah. So you can't push off havdalah. You could push havdalah five hours on Saturday night. You can do that and eat meat, you know, five hours. Yes, you could do that. But but before you go to sleep, you have to make havdalah. Okay. No, I know. Like in the many chasidos that that they have a tish that goes on three hours after Shabbos. You know, they make havdalah three hours after Shabbos. Sometimes, sometimes even longer. Yeah. But not to not to be able to appreciate avail avail. Right. Yes. There's no what? There's no head to malavamalka. No. It's not considered a big enough to do this mitzvah. Correct.
Good point. Okay. The next Gezeir during the nine days is Rechitza Shel Ta'anub. Pleasure bathing. Okay, and the basic halacha, first I'll give you the basic halacha, and I'm going to tell you beforehand that Hatayim will come at the end, so please don't, don't get upset. Okay? The basic halacha is this. A person is not allowed to bathe even with cold water. Okay, cold means not hot water. It doesn't have to be, you know, ice. But you can't even use cold water. Um, a person is not allowed to shampoo his head, even if he doesn't bathe the rest of his body. A person is allowed to wash his hands, face, and feet with cold water. Okay? And swimming, pleasure swimming, is also during the nine days. Okay? Those are the basic halacha. Now we'll get to the hetair. Number one, heter number one is refuah, for medical purposes. If a person um, gets rashes, if he doesn't uh, you know, shower at a certain frequency, so he's allowed to. If a person develops zits, acne, if he doesn't wash his face uh, you know, in a certain frequency with hot water and soap, he's allowed to, because his purpose is not for pleasure, his purpose is for medicinal, medicinal reasons. Okay, if a person's head itches him, because, you know, he just didn't shower long enough or didn't, didn't shampoo, even that would be considered for medicinal reasons. In other words, again, you're not doing it for the pleasure of feeling clean. Your motive is that, you know, you don't want to start itching. You don't want to start getting rashes and, and, and things like that. You don't want to, okay? The second heter is even just to remove dirt or to remove the smell or sweat, not for medicinal purposes, just for... Removing dirt and, and, and smell and sweat is mutter. In other words, from that we see that the definition of, of chitza shaltanug really means pleasure bathing. In other words, you just enjoy the water. That's what you're not allowed to do during the nine days. But you are allowed to rinse off your body if, it, if, if you sweat. Okay. Are you supposed to push in as far as you can? Hmm? Meaning, are you supposed to push, push not showering off as far as you can? Again, if your body smells after one day, so you shower after one day. If you don't have any of these aterim, let's say for two days, meaning you don't get rashes or, or you don't smell, you personally don't smell after two days or three days, so then you should push it off for two or three days. Um, but if you have these things, so then, you know, you, you, you it would be smarter, you know, to, I, I think, you know, to, to, to try to push and see, to experiment, wait a little bit longer, because, you know, you're supposed to refrain, that, that your motive is, is to, you know, to get rid of the dirt, to get rid of the, uh, the, the smell. If a person falls into the mud and he, and he has dirt all over him, then he might not smell, but he has dirt, so he's washing to get rid of the dirt, he's not washing for Latanuk. Um, if Rosh Chodesh Av would fall out on an Arab Shabbat, and obviously this year it doesn't, but if it would fall on Erev Shabbat, is also a heter of, uh, of, of, of being rochets l'chvot Shabbat. And here, Rav Moshe Feinstein says that bismaneinu, even though the, you know, the Shulchanach mentions, or I think the Ramah mentions the Rosh Shabbat, Rav Moshe Feinstein says how mentions that bismaneinu, any Erev Shabbat, it's mutter to wash b'chamin uh, l'chvot Shabbat. Um, again, People, I think their aesthetic value of being clean, of not smelling, 
is on such a level that, you know, most people won't, you know, most people can't go up, up to three days or more than three days without, without showering because, because of the smell. And that's legitimate. And that's fine. Swimming, um, pleasure swimming is not mutter. But, but if a person is, let's say, taking swimming lessons, then your purpose for being in the pool is for lessons, to learn to swim. If a person is swimming for exercise, okay, not because it makes him feel good, but because he wants his body to be well exercised, then his motive is not uh, tano, his motive is exercise, and I think that would be okay. A person should not, you know, hang out in the pool before and after, but do, you know, go about his business and then, and then get out of the pool. Yes, sir. I would say that you have to kind of be honest in why, what your motive is. As if your motive is you just enjoy the water, you enjoy, you just enjoy the exercise. That's your main motive. I would refrain. But you know, if your plan is to keep your stamina up, your health, your heart up, so to speak, or a doctor says, "Listen, you need exercise." So even if you happen to also enjoy it, that's not a problem. Now, um, while you're taking these showers that are mutter, you know, to remove the sweat, to remove the smell, etc., um, even then you should try to adjust the water to a temperature where you're not getting hana from the, from the temperature of the water. In other words, if you enjoy a hot shower, so, so make it look warm. If you enjoy a lukewarm shower, I'm trying to make it a little bit closer to cold. Again, I don't think you have to, you know, torture your body, but I'm just saying, you should try not to get hung off from the water itself just to go about the business of getting yourself clean. Yes? Um, we mentioned a couple of minutes ago about um, Rosh Feinstein giving a heck of washing the thumb in the common yes. um, If the common towel is the washing aspect, or if it's far behind the thumb then you can get the same technical rules. I don't know. I imagine that that even the chamin is part of the covered Shabbos. It's part of the, I don't know. I don't know. Only extends before Shabbos. Covered Shabbos extends before Shabbos. But I think it could be a dinner covered. Yes. Is there a difference when Shabbos Shabbos is a dinner? No. Not that I not that I'm aware of. So for this year, Shabbos or less shower like we do like normally. Normal. Well, Tishabov has special dating, but I'm gonna that's my separate share on Tishabov. You have to tune in next week. If it's gonna be next week. No, I don't know if I'm gonna do this year next week on Tishabov, but Okay, Ad Khan.